Chapter Six of the Leopard's Claw by George Washington Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Oliver meets Governor of Sierra Leone. The next morning at eleven a.m., Oliver drove up to the capital, where he had an appointment to meet the governor. The large mansion, constructed of stone and brick, was built with two wings in which the legislative bodies assembled. Situated on a slanting hillside, it is surrounded by courtyards and ornamental trees. Oliver was ushered into the governor's private office, where Governor Rowe, a middle-sized man of about thirty-five, light complexion, sandy hair, blue eyes, and with a sharp, pointed mustache and goatee, sat beside a table. When Oliver was announced, Governor Rowe arose and, holding out his hand to Oliver, exclaimed, I take great pleasure in welcoming to our colony the son-in-law of my old friend, Squire Ennis. I have not had the good fortune to visit Stonehenge since your good wife was quite an infant. Oliver remained to lunch and left very happy in the anticipation of the surprise and pleasure Eva would express at his tidings. During the cool of an afternoon, Mr. Solomon accompanied the couple on a drive through the town. On passing the large three-story brick building of the British West African Bank, they halted and watched the large crowd of Sierra Leone natives passing up and down the stairway, on to the large Furabay College, the massive historic buildings on the outskirts of the town, then down the country road to Fula Town, passing tropical fruit trees, frame cottages, log cabins, and bamboo huts. They halted before a small native village and watched the syncopated steps of the half-clad young women dancers who whirled and danced to the sounds of the tom-tom, gourd music, hand-clapping, and sweet, melodious but weird minor strains. The excitement of the automobile caused a loud crowd to attempt to race with the iron horse and to give vent to a boisterous expression of mirth when the racers found themselves quickly outdistanced. Arriving at Fula's town, the party halted at a distance and dismounting walking a few paces where they stood listening to the Fatih and watched the Mohammedan villagers, some clothed in flowing gowns, while others, wearing only waist draperies, bowed silently with the faces toward Mecca, amid the Islamic strains of Bismi Ali. A fortnight after, they were settled in their colonial home. Eva stood watching Oliver coming home to lunch, as she peeped through the curtains of the drawing-room, until he was near the gate. Then running through the library entrance to the side garden, she stood conspicuously in hiding behind a large cabbage-rose bush, as the pink and fragrant petals of a large half-open bud brushed against her truant tresses. Oliver pretended to search for her when finally running suddenly, he smothered her in his arms, crushing the gallant rosebud against her cheek. "'Guess who this letter is from, dearie,' he said, as he held an envelope behind him. After a childish guessing game and forfeited kisses, Oliver opened the envelope bearing the executive official seal and they both read together an invitation to the governor's ball, of which they were to be the guests of honor. This was to be Eva's first debut into society, and for a few minutes an anxious frown flirted across her forehead. "'Oh, Oliver, what shall I wear to such a swell affair?' she exclaimed. "'Why,' said Oliver, in careless surprise, 
"'You are not allowing a small thing like that to annoy you, darling. "'You will rival the fairies in anything you wear. "'So come in and let the ball look after its own affairs, dear.'" End of chapter 6